0: We have not anticipated fans taking the entire can and upending it. Guys, I'm going to make you set
1: down your teacups and take your pinky fingers and put them back into the fist that they need to be in, because this has gotten far too cordial.
2: My plan is to cry a lot, and then, no, I'm actually going to do it.
3: Who am I kidding? I'm great. Thankfully, the Red Bulls decided to score some points.
4: I personally am not
0: trying to be a, a homer or anything, but uh, Joe Rallis. Portland shouldn't be on the playoffs this year because they can't get their act together.
4: 11 mils sitting on your bench, just sitting there when you could invest it into any other position.
1: Hello and welcome to episode 13 of the MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast, our review of round 9 and preview of Double Game Week 10. This episode is brought to you by apologies because I owe a huge one to all of the Houston fans. I misspoke last week and talked about Dallas beating you. That was not the case. That was so not the case. You trounced them, and you trounced them so hard that they're still losing. Good for you. That's right. Dynamo. No, actually, as true as that is, uh, this is not brought to you by apologies, it's brought to you by MLS Fantasy Boss and the fantastic Reddit community of r slash fantasy MLS. I'm your host, Reed Connolly, from MLS Fantasy Boss, and tonight I'm joined by Simon Thwaites, Jason Wiskovich, Travis Luscombe, back from buying a house, and Mr. Guy Sanchez. Also tonight, I'd like to welcome our special guest and member of the MLS Fantasy Experts team, Skylar Redpath. What's up, guys? what's up hello friends what's up Ooh. thanks for having me a pleasure as always sir uh and i'm just going to get this <clears throat> off the top because someone asked since you're on here at some point we're going to talk about some some draft kings and some daily stuff so i hope you're ready for that
5: yeah absolutely always happy to chime
1: in well excellent let's just start with round nine as we always do with our review so how did your teams do fellas
2: uh, for me, 88 points up to third overall tied. I guess I'm fourth on tiebreakers because the guy who I'm tied with has what whatever the tiebreaker is. I think it's total transfers. Somebody correct that me if I'm them. wrong, but yeah, apparently they've made less than me. So pretty good. Yeah,
4: 58 points for me. Uh, I'm not too stoked about it. Uh, yeah, I, I just want to cry and go into a corner, slip my wrists or something. <laughs> So,
0: 68 for me it was horrible we can move on
3: I also got 68 and it was also horrible and about the only thing that I got right was the fact that I uh, had to keep Piotti for one more week because I couldn't afford to transfer him out <laughs> for Valeri and so that actually worked out really
1: well <laughs> that was your chance to build it as a stroke of brilliance that's
3: right it was totally a stroke of brilliance
5: yeah, I actually did pretty well over here. Ended up on 99 points, 95 after the minus four. So I was definitely very fortunate because I was pretty close to cutting Piotti um, right before the last round, but hung on to both him and Drogba. So reap the rewards of that. And a uh, little disappointed, I guess, in Giavinko's output, which sounds kind of crazy. I mean, nine points isn't terrible, but I guess when you're paying twelve point five million, you're you're hoping for a little bit more from your captain, but in general I was I was pleased with how the round turned out. Yeah, you know, that's true, but if if you watch
1: that game and I did watch the Toronto game because he was my captain, he was just inches away from a couple of goals, especially that, that screamer that bounced off the pole. So he was it, it's amazing he didn't get a goal in that game, but he was on point. And that is definitely I think worth that twelve million so far.
4: Holland's head is a goalkeeper, that's why. head, <laughs> come on. It's true. He that's, had ten shots that game
1: too. He was he was a beast. Uh, myself, I got seventy points, which is not amazing, but it's above the average. And after the weeks that I've had in the past, I am just pleased that I got above the average. And I was so happy to see my boy Jermaine Jones, which I brought in there uh, near the end, come through for me and, and get me some points. So uh, my biggest disappointment, how you had mentioned a little bit this sad about Javinko, was Valeri. I. He just did not throw out the points like we normally get, even when they're losing, but um, that was just a tough game that they played against Vancouver. Guy and I were talking about that beforehand. He was not as impressed. I was really impressed with both Toronto and Vancouver this round. I have not seen the Montreal game to see if it's just a trifecta of Canadian perfection, but they both came out swinging, and I really liked seeing those attacking teams when they're at their best. So, guys, what did you take from round nine overall? I mean, fantasy-wise, non-fantasy-wise, just what are your reactions to round nine?
3: The biggest thing that I took out of that is that sporting Kansas City right now is just a massive dumpster. <clears throat> and I'm kind of worried about all of my guys on sporting KC, which I know we're going to talk about later, but yeah i'm not I'm not really stoked about having those guys in for my double game week because they, <laughs> they did not look at all like a team that wanted to win last weekend exactly. when I saw the game in Houston
2: I agree also I wanted to just say that apparently I'm on notice on what is it like after the Montreal game, I've never had my Twitter at feed fill up with so many people angry about me uh <laughs> Wow, I, I I guess you know you've made it when you have haters because wow, that was a lot of people who I apparently I uh, gave bad <laughs> advice to last week. So all I have to say, Simon, oh. is
1: apparently it's lonely at the top, huh?
2: Apparently, apparently, I don't know. I did fine without Piotti, so sucks for y'all. But uh, I'll have a, I'll have a whole time later where I apologize and tell you what maybe a better strategy would have been in retrospect. So I'll do that a bit oh. later in the show. We're we're but,
1: totally changing our our top Patreon donation to be like getting this throw a pie in your face
2: oh that seems fair if somebody wants to donate like a baseball somebody wants to donate (laughs) a lot of money to throw a pie in my face we can make that happen
1: no i think that's definitely true about sporting kansas city uh any other big takeaways from the rest of anyone Um, this year just sucks yeah it does does
0: but i think that my biggest takeaway is we can finally admit to ourselves that dallas aren't the truly elite team we thought that they were going to be. And I understand that they were on a three-game road trip, but when you get defeated each game and you lose from a cumulative total of like 8-0, to if you can't score even one goal in three road games, you're not elite. Like, I don't say you have to win those three games, but if you can't score a single goal in three matches, I don't care where you're playing, you're not an elite team.
1: Well, let's expand upon that a little bit because I, I saw a question before we started after I'd made the rundown that I didn't get a chance to work in. Is that going to impact who you guys are going to look at going forward? Are you going to bring in a Diaz or, or Rudy or someone in for their double game week? Are you going to hope that that home form comes back? Or is this a wing and a prayer or just cut them all? Totally. Um, no, you,
4: you, you have to bring them in. It's a double home game. Like, that's the dumbest thing if you don't bring them in. If you have them, keep them. I would personally bring in Diaz no matter what. He's healthy. He got six points last week. It's a double home game. Like, teams traditionally do better at home.
0: No, I'm putting them on notice. I'm putting them in the same category that I put SKC or Chicago or anybody else. You have to have somebody from their team, but I'm not going to go, you know, three or four players deep just because they're in a double home game. I mean, come on, they three games without a goal. It, does, it shouldn't matter where you play. If you can't get a single goal in three games, you have something that's broken fundamentally – in that squad. And I'm just not, I mean, I might get either a Rudy or like Barrios, but I'm not going to shell out the major cash for, for Diaz. No way. You
3: say that, you say that. And then like, look at LA last year, they were a complete, like they were horrible away from the road or away from home. They couldn't score goals. They were getting beat, but then they came home and they had a cumulative goal differential of like Eighty. I mean, I mean, it wasn't eighty, but it was. <laughs> they would win four zero five zero at home. So, I mean, I don't know if that's going to happen with Dallas. Well, no,
0: yeah. I, I expect. I expect any a team goes on the road in the MLS, I expect them to lose. I don't care how good you are or how bad you are. If you go on the road in the MLS, I expect you to lose because that's just how MLS teams have been hardwired. You're hardwired to think that flying in an airplane is really hard work. And that it's draining, and that you shouldn't be at your top of your game. Whatever it is, it's 2016, and I guess airfare is just killing players left and right. But at least I think LA had potential. Like there was that was the worst three-game losing streak I've seen from anything. They're just not elite. I don't think they're gonna win. But a single goal, just show me one run of play where you can get a single goal in three games, and I'll I'll reinvest some money. But until then suckers are cut off
4: well this is the thing guy uh, guy me and reed were talking earlier about this and dallas plays at home against portland and seattle which are in the bottom i think the bottom third of goals allowed on the road so i think that this is the week especially like i said before with the double home game that dallas actually puts up numbers on, and i get it the skepticism because they haven't they've been shut out in the past what three games eight nil but Something's got to change. The same with New York. The same with L.A. They, they both have come on as of late, so a double home game, I think, is a perfect time to invest in that. Plus, they don't have a buy-in game week 13, so you're not going to have to make any more transfers out. So to me, if you, if you have them, keep them. Um, I would get Diaz, though. But the other thing I want to say was L.A., they, they really came on uh, keen, Gerard, and uh, GDS. Those guys are monsters.
1: Yeah, but that's not really been an isolated round nine thing. If you look back, I, I had talked about Giovanni Dos Santos recently, and he's he's been racking it up even since Keem was gone. Um, I think he's scored or assisted in every round except maybe the first round he came back and played in. But he's he's been really racking the points. And guy, you capitalized on him two or three weeks ago.
0: Yeah, no, I, I'm a, I'm a big fan of G uh, Dos Santos, and I was kind I shouldn't have got rid of him last week, but I. I thought I was smarter than the curve and, uh, <laughs> I mean, sometimes you just got to leave some of those single game week players in like, yeah, you have to have some double game week coverage, but if, uh, you know, if Javinko's playing or, you know, the, the big three from LA are playing, you're just as good getting those guys as anybody else on double game week.
5: So what about you, Skylar? Where do you fall down on this? I think Dallas will be fun. I mean, I think, uh, two games at home, I think, you know, as, as cheesy as it sounds to say a team is due, I think that they're due for a turnaround. So I think they'll bounce back. I'm definitely going to um, target a few of their players this round, uh, Diaz and Arudi in particular. I think that they're both uh, strong plays this, this round. Um, as far as any other takeaways, I think I was uh, – before Simon uh, jumped in on Piotti, I was going to say don't uh, don't doubt Piotti in, in that uh, Montreal attack with Drogba. I mean, there's just those two together are, are deadly. So, you know, it's it's tough when he has a couple of bad games. It's easy to, to look at them and, and dump them. But really that's the kind of upside any time that those two are on the field. I mean, they've got that 16 to 18 point upside. So... Other than that, um, don't try to uh, take a PK from Kai Kamara. <laughs> <laughs> Man. I'm going to
1: take, take credit for that move because I dropped him from my team, and it seems like my transfers have been the indicator of who will and won't do well, but it's always been against my transfers. Same. So you're, you're welcome, everyone.
4: You're I welcome. called it though. I said that he would go nuclear <laughs> since we all dropped him.
1: Of course, of course. <laughs> well, let's get moving on to some of our housekeeping now. Uh, some pretty good takeaways, and we will get into some of these other questions later on in our questions section. <coughs> so first, let's start out with injuries. Um, we know our, our good friend Mike Tiger is trying to get a Twitter account going for MLS injuries, so be sure to check that out, as well as uh, at r slash fantasy MLS. We have a thread going where you can post injuries and get updates there. Some, uh, just to keep in mind, a comm is still out with Chicago or just Keep an eye on these: Akam, Kamara over at Montreal, uh, Gonzalez at Dallas. I don't, I don't know what's going on with him if he, because he was pretty rough. Um, Goodson at San Jose. Hedges is still out. um uh, Myers, Papa Plata. I guess with the Sporting Kansas City, Colorado RSL. For those of you who may not be as familiar with everyone, uh, Ridgewell is back
4: at Portland. That's right, guy. Yeah, first <laughs> one And Plata played last week, by the way. He did. So Plata, Plata is back. Yeah, he got subbed um, in like the 70th minute.
1: So a few guys, to keep an eye on their play time. Some of them may be coming back. Some of them are still out. Um, and I believe Franklin, Rivero, and Van Damme are still on yellow card warnings. So those are guys. If you have them, I don't really know. Maybe you have Rivero. I don't know. But uh, keep an eye on those guys. So a few injuries leading into this double game week. Especially keep an eye out on those yellow card suspensions because those can add up and really bite you during a double game week. The teams that have a double game, speaking of, we have Chicago, who were just off of a break. Colorado, Dallas, Houston, Philly, who were also just on a break. Portland, Sporty Kansas City and Vancouver, so that is eight teams on a double game week. So this is huge. A lot, a lot of points are going to be flying around here. Um, other housekeeping notes, Skyler. I think this is a good time to talk about some daily fantasy. How has that been working out?
5: Not so good for me. I'm here in, I'm here in Birmingham, Alabama, where uh, our attorney general just uh, axed daily fantasy. Which honestly, I'm a little surprised that it's taken this long. Uh, being in Alabama, the Bible Belt down here, so can't say I'm too surprised. Um, but you know, I still, uh, for me, I still feel like it's a, a good thing for the league to be partnered with DraftKings. I mean, I still think that they're definitely going to have uh, a little bit more exposure to more than just you know the the U.S. contingent. I think there's going to be some uh, some European folks jumping in some of these MLS contests now that they've partnered. Uh, or now that they've opened up in the United Kingdom, so um, I'm still, you know, I I still think it's a good thing. I'm a little uh, disappointed that I'm uh, not able to play anymore, but that's how it goes. To get you a proxy someplace else. So do you
1: think (laughs) that for the domestic game, it benefits us more to have a daily fantasy presence or a um,
5: draft-style fantasy game in general? For me, I feel like the daily game is uh, might have a little bit more impact um, overall just because it is something where, say, you didn't sign up early in the season um, and you might just say, hey, well, I missed out. I'm, it's 10 weeks in and I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to win any prizes. I feel like the daily game you might be able to um, bring some fans in one weekend. You know, Say we're, what, 10 or 11 weeks into MLS right now, then – um, even though MLS is offering a, a gift card for the highest score of each round, that's pretty hard to do when you're playing against what 28,000 other people. So it feels like you know the daily game might bring in some more of the um, fans that are, are just getting into the league and kind of want to um, play a fantasy game that they can win a prize that same weekend. So that's kind of my take on it. Sure, well said. And then I, I know, Guy, you dabble with
1: this some too so feel free to try oh, yeah, this no for me
0: for... I think I think the MLS fantasy daily fantasy is the it's the hardest thing in the world to do basically you take 20 30 pennies you flip them a couple times and uh, that's how you decide your roster in MLS <laughs> but I'm making a killing on Liga MX like I probably cashed out uh, like 230 this weekend on MX do they so... have a do
1: they have a fantasy podcast maybe we need to branch out
4: and do that. <laughs>
0: I, you know what? Like honestly, as good as I am at MX right now, I'm um, I'm ready to like uh, speed bag some MLS here because it's really frustrating. <laughs> it's really frustrating looking at stats for MLS and just having them mean absolutely zero when a team goes on the road, mm-hmm. and stats in other leagues like make sense and are tangible and they follow a trend. And yeah, I I, I mean we have a pretty we have a pretty big contingent of people out here who play. Uh, daily fantasy. So, I, you know, it's uh, the hate around the country. I think the the closer you get to the to the coast, like you know, Skyler was saying, um, a little more lenient. More you get in that Bible Belt, boy, they they hate themselves in daily fantasy. So, <laughs>
1: we'll we'll think about that. The Fantasy Insider MX Edition. That's it. Will that's what we'll do. Uh, real quick from both of you guys, if you have any, if people are listening who do do daily fantasy. What are just two or three quick uh, stealth picks that they might not be keeping an eye on
5: right now? If you've got any. Sure, let's see. Uh, I'm trying to think. Double game week uh, coming up on Wednesday. I think uh, Jermaine Jones is way underpriced on DraftKings right now. I think he he started out at minimum price, and we've all seen what he's been doing in in kind of that new attacking role. So uh, I think he's still pretty... Pretty cheap over there. Um, he's one of the values right now. And then, uh, let's see, I know you mentioned a Com is out. I don't think he'll play Wednesday, but if he plays over the weekend, uh, I think he could be a good, a good sneaky play that a lot of people won't be on. What about Maidana? Yeah, Maidana's been uh, he's been kind of a tough, a tricky one <clears throat> for me because he's been in and out of the starting lineup. He, he did start this last game, so um, if he starts again, then he's, he's a good shout. Shea Salinas is actually pretty cheap, too, for the Quakes, and when he starts, you get a point for a cross on DraftKings. He's a crossing machine, so he's kind of an under-the-radar play, too. Very nice, very nice.
1: And I guess that is the last bit of, of housekeeping before we move on uh, that Skylar mentioned, is this game week starts on Wednesday. So if you're listening tonight, Monday, you got two days. If you're listening tomorrow, though, if this is your lunchtime, you're at the gym listening to podcasts like I like to do, then it's tomorrow. So be sure you do not miss the deadline. 7 o'clock is when games start Wednesday. That is the 11th. So be sure you get your team set and don't miss out on some some good fantasy points. Uh, And finally, of course, as always, Patreon. If you're interested in supporting our podcast efforts, feel free to go over to patreon.com slash mlsfi and consider giving us a donation. We've got a lot of sponsors right now, so I want to give a shout-out to Alex Carey, Adam Alcock, Jake, Shane Goodwin, Michael Denton, Tim Shaw, John Halka, Brad McConaughey, and Mark medal. So thank you guys so much for the donations. I I know at least, I think Tim's just giving it to us for a little while because he didn't know how to make a a lump sum donation. But thank you so much everyone who is supporting the show. We're hoping that you like the content that we give and looking forward to the swag and items that we're going to be providing in the future. And If you have an idea about what to do, we're getting really close to hitting a $40 a month pledge level, which is what we needed to be able to offer some prizes this year. If you have any ideas of where you want us to go after that as far as goals. Uh, one thing I've been thinking about is maybe getting a dedicated web space for MLS Fantasy Insider where we could record some of our winners or just the, the various things that we do. If you like that idea, send us a message on Twitter. Send me a message, Boss at gmail.com if you like it. Uh, just let us know. We want to do things that you guys like to engage you and just make the show more fun. Oh, and a sticker update. We got the logo. I'm narrowing in on a vendor, and we're going to get these things ordered. Trust me. I'm more more trustworthy than MLS start times. Uh, (laughs) Cold-blooded. Well, you know, truth hurts. So now let's get into our discussions with our questions and picks. We're going to start out focusing just on the double game week because we had a lot of questions like that, so I thought we'd get it all knocked out at once. So this is the biggest double game week that we've had this season so far, uh, but as we've seen from these past double game weeks, guys, we don't know if that necessarily means it's worth investing in. So, we've already been burnt a lot by rotations in the past. We've got Copa America coming up, which is going to have a big bye week because of that. Um, Players are going to be leaving early for camps. What is your take on how to handle this round? And so, you guys have got the notes I gave you for things I hope we can touch on. Skylar, just want to open this up and
5: anybody else can jump in. Sure, yeah. For me, you know, I'm still all about the DGW. You know, if you plan it just right um, and don't take too many hits along the way, then it's really the best opportunity that you'll have to gain ground in the standings, so um, I think I've said it before, but for me, it's minutes equal fantasy points, Um, and really the trickiest part about the DGW is forecasting which players have a good chance of playing that full 180 minutes, so then even at that, you know, it's still a guessing game. Um, I mean, for I've been back and forth on a comm. I know you said that he's He's questionable, Reed, but I feel like he's going to make his return this round. And it, uh, he's one of those players that if he's healthy, almost an automatic play for me on a DGW. Oh, definitely. But, you know, I'm leaning towards staying away from him since he's just returning from injury. Um, probably not likely that he goes the full 90 in both. So, yeah, I mean, can he still produce in less than 180 minutes for sure, but... Um, when you're picking a lineup with DGW players, that's the type of player that you kind of stay away from and err on the side of caution. Maybe look at somebody who's been a little more consistent, had a clean bill of health, and, uh, you know, I'll be honest, this is kind of the first round that I've considered using my wild card, so I'm still on the fence with that, but um, the way my team's set up right now, I'm not no sh- not as sure that I need to. Um, I've got Piotti... I've got Drogba, they're both going against the Union at home, so it's a pretty favorable matchup. Um, Giovinco's in my squad, so I've already got six DGW players um, before making any other transfers, so kind of thinking with those three single game players and then the six DGW players I've got, I might just bring in two more uh, double game week guys and then hang on to the wild cards, so... That's kind of my take on it. I'm, I'm a huge fan of, of loading up on DGW players, um, but going to kind of probably process a few more bits of information before I, I decide on that wild card.
4: Just uh, real quick, uh, Guillermo Rivera, who writes for Chicago Fire, uh, a blog, said that um, a calm will not travel to Vancouver, but will join the team in New England. So if that helps your decision out at all.
5: Yeah. yeah. Good. Yeah, calm won't be in, but yeah, that definitely helps.
4: And I agree with you on the double game week players. More double game week players equals probably more points, especially if a player goes 120. If a player goes more than 90, realistically, they're going to get more than a player that just goes 90, unless it's your you know single game week players that are great, like a GVinko, But Well,
1: that's, that's true, right? because we always say, of course, double game week. More chance at minutes, more chance of points. That makes sense. But there are always single game week players who make it into those lists of of the best starting 11s. Definitely. So, do you guys have a an ideal mix that you would recommend of single game week to double game week players, or are you gonna try to go all out?
4: I have as of right now, I have nine double game week players. I'm oh, sorry, ten. Or yeah, nine double game week players with Giovinco and Wynn are the single game week players, and Wynn's gonna go out for Diaz. So I'm gonna have Giovinco as my only. Single game week player this week, barring rotation, which, knowing MLS, it'll happen, but uh, I have a 10, and I think that if you, I think as we discussed before, I think anywhere between 8 and 11 is ideal.
1: But anybody else, do you have any thoughts on wildcard advice? That was something a few people were interested in, knowing, should they do it now, should they wait to recover from this week?
2: Okay, so I can talk wild cards for now because I've been thinking a lot about this, about whether this week is the right time to use my wild card. And I'd say that 90% of it has been taken actually thinking about next week. Um, I think that people have probably had a long time to prepare for this uh, double game week in terms of what players they have. So I think most people actually have a ton of double game week players. And if you don't, um, then okay, maybe you're really thinking about using your wild card this week. But I don't think the reason to use it is for this week because, like I said, you've been preparing for that. The reason is really you get four teams on a double game week next week that are all pretty appealing, and you want to do as much as you can to have your roster really good for that. And so I think my move is to not card this week and maybe have eight double game week players and have basically three on my team who also have a, who have a double game week next week and then maybe only make one transfer um, this week and bank three free transfers for next week to try and avoid wildcarding altogether because my thoughts on wild cards are you save it until you're really screwed because at some point injuries are going to screw your team over like you'll get four guys injured on the same week or whatever. But if you're going to, just be aware that you've got a really good double game week next week. And so if you're using your wild card now to load up on players for this week, you might be in a rough spot again come next week, so you got to really take that into consideration.
1: Yeah, well said. It's a good well point. Said. And I do want to add that if anyone does use their wild card, from my experience and the experience from others that I've seen reported on Twitter, you will get three trades in that next round. So.
2: Oh really? Is that a new thing this bonus. year? That's that true, if, and it is. Yeah. yeah.
1: It is new. I do oh, not know awesome. if it was intended or not, but it is what has happened, so cool. there is there is that. Uh, before we move on, just we already touched how, how sporting Kansas City is a little rough, and we have a specific question for that more in detail later. So they're obviously a team that would concern us, but what other top teams do you guys have that you're going to be targeting for your players, and what teams do you have that concern you?
4: Well, I'm still targeting Dallas, and I think that and, – and this is the thing. I think you need to target – teams that are going to be not on a buy on game week 13 because that is and will affect you adversely but if you look um philadelphia the union have pretty decent matchups but they have two double game weeks and then they they don't have a buy so philadelphia union players i think are good um but i still think dallas like i said I, i think dallas is gonna is gonna come out of the come out of that funk and and do work i also really like uh uh, New York City FC players like uh, Villa and uh, Hernandez and uh, Tommy McNamara.
1: Yeah, T-Mac. You um, don't like New England with three games I, in a row that are all home before the bye? I, I mean, is that, is that I, worth investing in?
4: No, I, I said last week that I liked I liked them, but it's really difficult because win looked like garbage. I mean, New England just looked like garbage last week, and even with three home games, they're sputtering bad right now, and I don't... I, I don't know. I'm just going with double game week players anyway. I'm okay. trying to maximize my bank for my buck. Fair enough. So
1: now getting on to some of our other questions. Uh, so as we talked about before the show started, LA Galaxy has been on a great run. Are you guys going to start considering prioritizing some of their players, specifically Dos Santos or, or Keen after this game, um, even with these double game weeks? Guy?
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think right now it boils down to um, three players in the league, you have to look at Javinco Dos Santos and Keane as those guys that if you already have them in, uh, invested in them, um, I mean, really, if if you had Dos Santos or Keane from last week, um, are you really going to sell those guys to get Sapong this week or a Rudy? I mean, yeah, the, the minutes are going to be there, but I think the way those those guys have their potential set up, you take the sure bet, and you know the the benefit of having a, a top tier guy like that on a single game week because you know they're going to play 90. So I mean, they're going to start and barring any you know stellar refereeing, they're going to play 90 and still get you probably some some decent points. So that that's my big three that I think and uh, I think LA is going to be real tough to beat here coming into the summer.
4: Yeah, I agree with that. It's uh, just difficult for me to bring in any LA players because I am like I said I'm focusing more on the double game week players, even though LA does not have a buy in game week 13. Um, if you can afford to bring in, you know, a Keen or a Dos Santos, I think that, you know, it's a great differential and it'd be good, but uh, it's not in my plan. So I'm not going to be bringing anybody in.
5: How'd you say that's final a top- Sure. It's a, uh, I mean, those guys are always top options when they're healthy, when they have good matchups for me, I'm, Probably not considering him any anytime soon um, with the DGW this week. And then um, thinking about the Copa America coming up, really I think uh, Keane might be the last man standing because won't uh, Zardes and Dos Santos be heading out for training here soon? They will. Some people think Keane will go with
4: Ireland, but I don't know.
5: He's been right in yeah.
4: the pine too. Uh, if he does go, he doesn't really play much if he even gets called up.
5: Yeah, that's really my main drawback with those with the Galaxy players right now. And it's and when they're all three playing, then um, it's just it's real tough because they cannibalize each other's fantasy value. I mean, any given game, one player can go off and the other is a bust. So those those three in particular are really tough to uh, to roster on the all within the same fantasy team because you kind of never know what you're gonna get when they're all three healthy. So. Right now, I'm probably shying away from them. I mean, definitely still love what they bring to the game, but um, I'm not considering them right now.
1: So speaking of teams to shy away from, I think, Travis, you, you can be the one who kicks us off with this one since you've mentioned it before. Uh, Sporting Kansas City was a team that a lot of us had on our radar since some of the earliest game weeks, investing in them very heavily. Uh, but now with the lack of wins that they've had over these past several games... Have, have their players become what I've seen people start calling a rotation trap?
3: Um, I think it's definitely possible, and especially because Vermees has come right out and said that he's going to start mixing things up just because it's not working right now. And so I think he is definitely a potential for rotation. Uh, he might even rotate up some of the guys on the back line like Coelho. Uh, just because Kansas City hasn't had a clean sheet in, like, six games. Uh, who knows? He may go crazy and, and swap Malia out again, like he did last double game week. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I've am i got all three of those guys I just mentioned on my roster, and I'm actually looking at replacing one or two of them this week just because I'm not sure they're going to get more than 90 minutes. The really difficult thing about this double game week, is the fact that the first match of the week is LA Philadelphia. So we will have absolutely zero idea about most of the double game week teams and what their first 11 is going to be <laughs> before the transfers lock. So it's going to be tricky. But yeah, I'm I'm potentially getting rid of Zusi and maybe even Coelho because to have a 7.9 defender and not be sure if he's going to start both games. I don't know. I've got four other double game week defenders right now. So I may just play three of those.
5: Yeah. If I was in your spot, Travis, and I might consider, uh, shipping out Coelho, but I've only got, um, I've got Coelho. I've got Hoyberry and, uh, Uh, Vancouver Whitecaps defender, so I've got three DGW defenders, so I'm probably sitting tight. I don't know if I would use a transfer to uh, ship Coelho out, even though I agree with you. I think he's he's started every game this season, so I wouldn't be surprised to see him uh, sit. But I'm going to probably hang on to him. I've got Benny in my lineup, too. I'm going to probably hang on to him. Um, He's been pretty quiet over the past several rounds, but he's still picking up bonus points here and there, and he's you know he's hitting around four points any time he doesn't hit the score sheet, so I can live with that. If he plays both games, I think he's he's good for uh, close to double digits this round. Um, if you if you don't have Benny or any Sporting KC guys, and yeah, it'd be it'd be a tough call to bring any of those guys in without knowing what kind of rotation they're gonna have. I think that's very good. i was just gonna say real quick. I think if you're considering taking the savings with Zusi, then just keep in mind that he is going to be heading off for uh, Copa America training next next round, I think, in round eleven. So yeah, that's um, true. I think they leave after round eleven. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I guess I saw some report that had said that the date was uh, somewhere around round eleven there. So either way, I mean, I might lean Benny just because of his set piece duty too, but. That's just such a muddled situation, their midfield as it is, especially with Justin Matt returning, too. you got Brad oh, Davis God, there. I forgot about him. <laughs> yeah, there's so Pretty many man. uh, faces in the midfield to consider. It just, I might even uh, stay away from bringing anybody in if I don't already have them.
3: I would have to say the one guy that seems to have looked the best out of all of those guys that haven't looked good at all is Benny. Yeah, so I, think, I would I would feel pretty comfortable having him if I did.
2: I think Benny looks good. Um also am going to find just some wood to knock on here. I don't think that he'll get rotated just because he's looked good. Same thing Quayo. Uh he's looked fine, like maybe he'll get rotated, but seems like one of the safer bets to me. Rotating your center backs is super risky even for Vermese. Um it's not like Quayo has been the reason they've been losing. Same thing with Melia. Those are the three guys I have. I'm not super worried about rotation. Um I think maybe you're looking at the other guys especially the forwards. I would not feel safe with any of them. They they've not been performing very well. So, but I wouldn't pick these guys up just cuz Kansas City's been pretty bad. So if like if you don't already have them, maybe stay away. No reason to like take minus fours or whatever to get rid of your double game week guys though.
1: Well said. So with so many of these really good players like Geo being big money, uh, we've had a lot of questions about just value picks. So if really quickly, a few of you guys just want to give one or two players for each position, uh, and you don't have to do Keeper. uh, Just who are some good value picks that people can look at going forward?
5: All right, I've got a handful here at Defender. I mean, these are mostly uh, DGW heavy just because I've been keying in on some of these guys more so than others since they do have two games. But Jonathan Campbell is going to be real popular this week. He's $5.3 million Chicago Fire. Um, quick yeah. note about the Fire. They've, they've actually got a DGW next round too. So I think Campbell is pretty much just a lock and load, set it and forget it type of play just because he's so cheap in the back. And if you're really needing to free up some funds to uh, spend up elsewhere, then... He's a pretty solid value in the back, so um, in the midfield, kind of a toss-up for me, but I think if you're focusing on bringing in DGW guys, I actually brought in Andrew Wanger of the Dynamo last week. He scored a goal, which was a bonus for me. I was kind of just bringing him in uh, ahead of the DGW, so that was kind of uh, that was a nice little bonus. And then uh, Chris Pontius for, from the union is priced at $7.2 million, same price as Wanger. Those are a couple of midfield values, and up top, I mentioned him earlier, I still think Arruti is probably one of the best values you can grab right now at Ford. Um, I think Kudo is probably going to be yeah. a popular pickup after he uh, scored a goal over the weekend, but I just I feel like Arruti with two home games, 8.5 million, I just, as I said earlier, I think Dallas bounced back, and uh, I think that he's a pretty solid play up top, so...
0: Yeah, my value, uh, the one I'm looking at, anybody from Colorado. You know, if you want to – I mean, seriously, their defenders are well-priced. Jermaine Jones is only getting more expensive, but he's still at a very decent price. Solignac and Gashi up front, I mean, they're in first place in the West, and it's no longer an accident. We're nearly a third of the way through the season. They have the best, you know, as far as goals allowed. They're locked down defense. They've scored an average of two goals over their last five games. Um, it's it's no longer a fluke. Like, If we would have said that you know L.A. or Portland has a two-goal average over their last five games, we'd be like, yeah, that sounds good. But this is Colorado, so they have that lockdown defense plus they're scoring goals now. I think you, you could do a lot worse than loading up on some Colorado players this round.
1: Do you dare say that Colorado is our Leicester right now?
0: No, because Leicester <laughs> came from... Don't even get me started. It's Colorado. Okay. Okay. No, I, got it's I got you. I got you. Argument. I got you. <laughs> Come on,
3: man. Um, for me, I, I like a lot of those guys. Uh, another guy I was potentially <clears throat> looking at was uh, Richie Marquez uh, because he's got a double game week this week, a double game week next week. He's played pretty much almost every single game uh, for Philly. Uh, he does not have a bye in 13. And then he has another double game week in 15. And Philly's been looking pretty good. So Indeed. Uh, and then also from Philly's CJ Sapong. I mean, he's not a, a true value. I mean, he's 8.2, which is still pretty cheap for a forward, but he's yeah. scored a bunch of goals. I mean, he's already got four goals this season from eight games. So that's not too bad for 8 million.
1: He's definitely want to look at it if you're frustrated with Dwyer. So, yeah. So now let's talk about Piotti guys. Uh, and to make this a bit more palatable, uh, AKA, what do you do with that frustrating player that always seems to do well, right? When you sell him, Simon.
2: Okay. So I'm going to take this a little bit more just straight up about Piotti. Because last week on the show, I went on a rant about how Piotti is not a very good fantasy player compared to how people make him up to be. Not saying that Piotti is a bad option in general. Let's be clear about that. I think some people maybe took that the wrong way, and I was like, Piotti is trash. No. It's, everybody pretends that Piotti is like the best player in fantasy when it's just demonstrably false. Looking at his data over the past season and a half, he's a good option, a top tier option, not one of the A plus you must have this guy options like Valeri is. So we did the Piatti to Valeri, you know, like comparison, and Valeri's the better option. He has, he had probably uh, an easier fixture, although in retrospect, I don't know, maybe the crew are a little bit sus on defense at this point, we can say. Um Andy has got the double game week coming up. So it was like, okay, you could transfer Piotti to Valeri. And then what happens? Piotti goes off 18 points. Valeri gets four and just, like, absolutely flubs a couple of chances that should have been goals. Um, and your Twitter
1: feed gets flooded.
2: Yeah, so, like, f- here's what you do. Um, in retrospect, in this case, maybe I should have said, okay, you hold Piotti, you don't buy him because that would be a ridiculous thing to do last week after a double game week when he has nothing coming up like that. But maybe maybe you don't sell him quite yet and just wait until the double game week to flip him um, for Valeri when they both got away fixtures anyway and Portland's was maybe a little bit tougher. But... You also just make the choices and sometimes variance gets you and you don't complain about it too much. Um, Basically, variance being for people who don't know, like you have your whatever you think the statistical outcome that's most likely is, it can still go horribly wrong, you know? Um, You can still have that whatever the lower percent chance of having a bad outcome. And I think you just have to be okay with that um, every once in a while, you get bitten by variants, but ideally if you make the correct choices enough, things will balance out in a good way for you in the long run. So I now realize I just spent like two minutes talking about that. So sorry everyone who I gave bad advice to on Piotti, but I haven't had him the whole season and it's working out just fine for me. You don't need Piotti. He's overrated.
4: Um, yeah, I uh, sold Piotti last week. And it is very frustrating when a player does extremely well after you sell them. Uh, Sasha, question is the same way. Piotti this week. Um, and it is frustrating and it sucks, but, you know, you obviously did it for a reason. And, you know, stick true to your course and, you know, just keep on doing what you're doing. Uh, you know, hopefully eventually it goes right for you. Uh, the best advice I can say is, yeah, it sucks, but it is what it is. I mean keep on doing what you're doing and stick to your plan. That's what I'm doing and I'm hoping it's going to work out, but uh, don't knee jerk and buy them back immediately. You know, look for other players that are going to be in form, uh, double game week players, uh, you know, whatever players can fit in your budget, but uh, just stick to, yeah, stick to your plan and you you should be fine.
5: Yeah. It's definitely disappointing when a guy you drop goes off. Um, it's hard to forecast. Obviously, anything in MLS is hard to forecast. Um, for me, I kind of lucked into keeping Piotti because I had still had even shits and uh, needed to replace somebody at that same price point or a similar price, price point, so Andrew Winger slotted right in. He was $7.2 million. Um, if you were trying to bring Valerian, that wouldn't have worked, though. So I had Valeria on my radar and um, decided to just wait until... Uh, this round to bring him in, so it, it just happened to work out, I mean, sometimes plays like that work out, and sometimes they don't, so, like Jason said, I wouldn't do anything drastic, but, you know, maybe just next uh, next round you have a situation like that, and you're considering certain transfers, for me, I, I actually did like the matchup that Piotti had against the crew, so I think that was what ultimately kept him in, um, along with the, uh, the fact that I needed to ship even shits out, so... Sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't, but um, just gotta roll with the punches. Well said, guys. Well said. I will add that the the odds were
1: definitely against people doing that on the road. Uh, MLS is just so heavy with the home game form that that's that that 4 goals away that, that was that was wild. That was wild. So just keep calm. Keep calm. Put a towel over your head. Keep calm. So moving on to our next question. Uh, I found this an interesting question because it, it starts out basically as long as you're happy with your attacking seven. And I don't know if I've ever experienced that where I was truly happy with, with my attacking players or if there isn't something I wish I could do or, or tweak with it. But hypothetically, guys, uh, say you're happy with your your attacking seven. Do you think it's worth taking minus four points to get a better defender? And by better defender... The question is asking about a more expensive defender who maybe, um, when healthy, like a Hedges or, or a Quello or, or somebody like a, maybe a Drew Moore or something who, who's a bit more pricey, maybe has a bit better returns. Is, is that worth taking a minus four if you've got that money? And I'll add, or would you rather invest more in your bench?
3: Um, I personally, if I am happy with my attacking seven, I do not have enough money left. to to spend on a expensive defender like a Simon or or, uh, even Quello at 7-9 is is pretty expensive for my taste to take a minus 4 to get them the only time I will take a minus 4 is if it's a strong defender that gets a lot of bonus points coming into a double game week um In place of a guy that doesn't have a double game week. Or if I need to ship out a guy to get funds for my front seven, then I would potentially take the minus four to swap out a defender. But I'm not going to take a minus four to get a more expensive defender just because I like his matchup. It's almost never worth it because you can almost never predict whether or not a team's going to get a clean sheet. So taking a minus four to do that, you're basically having to guarantee that that player's going to either get a clean sheet and the other guy isn't, or the the guy you're bringing in is going to get four more bonus points than the guy you had. So uh, I'm, not, I'm not willing to, to spend the four points to, to do that.
5: Yeah, I think I'm on board with you, Travis. I'm uh, a little less reluctant to do to make any moves in my back line if I've already got uh, four, three or four starting defenders already in. Uh, it's probably, you know, just kind of reckless, I guess, to uh, take a minus four if you've already got a starting defender in, just to bring in another a DGW defender. Where basically, you're, if they don't get any bonus points, you're just going to get four points, unless they get a bonus point or a clean sheet here and there, so I don't know, I mean, there used to be some guys in the past that were uh, playing out of position, I think Rodney Wallace is a guy that comes to mind, he used to play forward at times for the Timbers, and he was listed as a defender, um, there aren't as many of those play, players this season at defender, I think Breck Shea might be one that you can count as an, uh, a defender that plays as a forward sometimes, but. Um, it's strictly situational. I mean, if a guy's kind of shifted into a more attacking role and is almost leaned on as a goal scorer, then I might consider it. But any other time, I'm I'm not taking a minus four for a defender. So real quickly, guys, uh, let's just start with you, Guy. Could you rank
1: your top three round 10 forwards regardless of single or double game
0: week? Yeah, <clears throat> start with Giovinco. Uh, finally at home, he'll do better this week. Then you go to a Rudy, because Rudy gets to play against Portland again, and I think he probably just decimates the Portland back line. And I think you got to flip a coin between the output that you can expect from Sapong and Dos Santos. I think Sapong playing twice and Dos Santos playing once comes out to somewhere roughly around the same amount of points.
4: Yeah, I uh, Giovinco, number one. I really do like Rudy as well, uh, two double home games. And then I also really like Adi uh, playing at Dallas, who have led in eight goals in the past three games, and then home against New York City FC, which we know their defense is always suspect. So those three forwards I think are pretty damn good locks.
5: Yeah, you guys nailed it. I was a little surprised not to hear the Timbers fan guy call out Adi <laughs> on a double game week. Oh, no.
0: Um, in fact, in the article I wrote today, the only Portland player that you should have is Valeri. The rest is a straight gamble at best, and <clears throat> there's there's no room in my team for Adi, for Nagby, for Ridgewell, for a cheap defender like Gleason or a keeper like Gleason. No, they're all cut off. They're all guys, cut off until they do something better.
1: Guy's what we like to call a Timbers realist.
4: (laughs)
3: Well, except for that Adia scored five or more points
5: in five out of
3: his last six games. No, see,
5: I kind of feel where you're coming from, though. guy. I've got Giovinco, I've got Drogba and Villa, and so how am I going to cut one of those guys, you know, leading into next week especially, where two of those guys have a double game week? It's, It's hard to bring them in, but if I'm just thinking, like, just for this round... It feels like he's top three.
0: Yeah, I mean, Aud- Audi only got those points that uh, the last double game week because he was subbed in and we scored two goals late, and it was ridiculous. But I, I, think, I think Porter's backed himself into a corner because he they bought Milano for a ton of money and they're not playing him in his proper position. But you have to play him. Jack Mac needs time. I wouldn't be surprised to see Audi only play, I don't know, 110 minutes, 120 minutes this week.
1: Bold. I, I will point out at this time that uh, we had a poll go up at on the at MLS Fancy Insider Twitter at MLSFI, and we wanted to see who you all thought was the grumpiest between Simon and Guy. Uh, just as of late, it seemed very pertinent, and overwhelmingly, people picked Guy as the grumpiest co-host when talking about players that they don't like and i think uh the little aside we had about lester and that little audible frustrating harumph sigh that you just gave a few minutes ago uh, sums that up very nicely okay
2: no this is so rude i'm no, you've far- lost you've lost i'm by far the grumpiest Twitter's so dumb what are you doing You're not, Vote they for didn't me. call you
1: the grumpiest they called guy the grumpiest I'm,
2: I'm i know that's what i'm saying i'm the grumpiest i'm mad that i didn't oh, win this oh.
1: Well, you two can go off in the corner and have your own little curmudgeonly like, grumpy party. No, so. What is this? It's not, I, it's
0: not a good it's not a good year for Cascadia fans. Let's just we we can call that a draw Oh No, us. no, no. My
2: sounders are fine and they're gonna destroy your Timbers, who were a bunch of luck sacks last week last year anyway, and didn't deserve to win MLS Cup. But uh, yeah, I'm
0: much more grumpy than Guy Twitter. No, got it t- wrong. T- take the it out is, if you <laughs> yeah. no the, the the title weighs heavy on their necks this year. Um, if Seattle ever wins a title, maybe they'll, they'll come under the same pressure.
1: Oh, ooh, gauntlets. <laughs> gauntlets. We have to be careful. We're not doing well in our gauntlet throwing uh, at MLS Fantasy Insider. But our last question before our picks, uh, Sky, we'll let you t- kick this one off. Would you be willing to drop an underperforming Double Game Week player? Uh, we'll say someone like Zuzi, uh, for another Double Game Week option.
5: Uh, in general, probably not. Um, it's really situational for me. Um, if there's say like a guy like Mike McGee, who people might've picked up and he's on a double game week, um, guys returning from injury, like Keen, for instance, might shift him to the bench. Then yeah, I would, I would absolutely consider replacing him because he probably wouldn't be getting the full 180 minutes. Um, uh, but in a guy like Zussi's case, and if he's in my lineup, then I'm probably just sticking with him. And, uh, hoping for the best.
0: I'm, I'm kind of of a different mind. Uh, I think SKC in, in particular, because at this point we know. We know SKC is not going to play their big players 180 minutes. It's just not going to happen. You're not going to see Fail Hopper playing next to Zussi, playing next to Brad Davis for any stretch of 180 minutes at the same time. It's just Vermees is, is being Vermees and – I'm going to probably ship out Malia in favor of another double game week keeper. And I'll probably ship off Dia as well because I can't trust that they're going to get the minutes that they need to get. And I would rather have some of that Colorado goodness and uh, those stats in my team than this garbage ass SKC team.
1: You need more Axel in your life.
0: Yeah. need a little Hoberry. Uh, actually, ho-berry in my it, is,
4: it is not Hoberry. I I tweeted Brian Dunsett and he changed it for the third time. It's now shoeberry. Not Hoberry. Not Hooberry but Shoe is Shoeberry. Uh, so I
5: mispronounced it earlier.
4: Yeah, it's well it's I I tweeted Brian Dunset and I'm like, Hey, the correct pronunciation is this and he goes, Per the PR he changed it the third time. <laughs> I guess I guess like preseason he wanted it Hoberry and last year it was something totally different. So I, think, I don't even think he knows how to pronounce his All own right. name, last name. We'll Back to Axel. Back to Axel. That's what I said. I'm like, can we just call him Axel? And he's like, I like it.
3: What's your Travis? Axel S. Um, Axel S. Yeah, see, I'm kind of in that situation myself because I have Zeusy and I'm leaning towards getting rid of him. Um, I can, though, because I currently have... 12 or 13 double game week players, uh, and I haven't used any transfers yet. So, my one transfer is to get rid of Piotti finally, now that he's done some work for me. Um, and then I'm thinking maybe I get rid of Zusi for either Stash or Diaz. Diaz. Yeah, either one really are both good picks this weekend or this week. So um i mean if you've got the free transfers to do it then yes if you don't have the free transfers to do it then you're just going to have to weigh those four points against what you think the difference is going to be between their scores i mean if you know for a fact that they're not going to play 180 or even like 150 minutes maybe you switch them out i mean Course, now Peter Vermees is going to just completely troll us all and play the exact same starting 11 <laughs> two weeks in a row. Exactly. Mind games.
0: Mind games. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to. No, he won't. He won't yeah. do it. He won't. He no, won't.
3: No, but no. it would be really funny if he did. Zeusie hatch.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, you know. You
4: know. You You heard it here first, guys. You heard it here first.
1: <laughs> we say enough things, eventually get them right. Uh, so thank you so much, everyone who sent questions. I know we switched it up a little bit this week. That was just because of the double game, single game week focus we wanted to do. So uh, next week we'll be back to mixing everything together. So now it's the picks. So, guys, keepers and defenders, who are your picks for double game week round 10? Simon.
2: Okay. Uh, keeper is McMath from Colorado and... He is the guy who's like playing him. for Colorado, right?
1: It <laughs> is currently.
2: Okay. That's what, that's what I thought. Um, and Shoeberry. Number three. Number three overall player. Right there. Dude, Zach McMath is a boss. People underrate that kid. Hella. I'm talking uh, about
5: you.
1: I'm number three overall. Um, is that, that guy plays, right? Doesn't he? Okay. okay, Yeah. That guy. That guy. I love well, it. I love it. Next, Yeah.
2: And Shoeberry is the defender pick because Colorado has the best defense and they have a double game week. So you take the best guys from the best defense and you play them. Um, Especially, like, if you don't have a double game week keeper. I guess I have Melia and I'll keep him because a minus four is a waste of time for a keeper. But, um, yeah, picks McMath and Shoeberry. Nice. What up? McMath going to save two PKs. You heard it here (laughs) first.
4: (laughs) Uh, I'm going with uh, uh, Blake from Philly as keeper. Um, I like him and Lampson, but um, yeah. And then defense, uh, I like Parker from Vancouver. Rosenberry from Philly at 5.6, who plays, I believe, right back. Um, Very consistent, uh, underrated player, 2.1% ownership. And Zimmerman from Dallas at 6.0. Two home games, injuries at center back. Zim should start and do very well for you.
0: Oh yeah, sorry. I'm <laughs> uh, nope. I'm McMath in the back. Um, I'm going with Birch right now because I have him, but I would love to have Axel. And uh, I'm taking Campbell as kind of a back-to-back double game winker who Thank actually you. has some pretty good production. So.
3: So the only person that I would potentially add is um, I don't know if anybody's mentioned uh, Tim Parker yet.
4: Yep. Where have, have you been, man?
3: Come I on, don't know. Come up, bro. I, I might actually double up on Vancouver defense because I've still got aired, uh, and they're playing at home against Chicago, who's Chicago's been struggling scoring without a com. Yeah. And if he's not traveling to Chicago, then I might uh, I might double up on those guys and just tell Coelho see you later, buddy.
0: <laughs>
3: Are you a big man? Yeah, I think there's. Uh, I'm playing Blake uh, because who knows what Kansas City is going to do.
5: Sorry, Skylar, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to add to that on the goalkeeper front. I think Chris Seitz is actually a viable option if Gonzalez is going to miss some time. Um, he went down with a injury that we don't really know what how serious it is, so I think it's worth my. But if anybody's bringing in a keeper just for this round then um, and it's – you know, if some news breaks that like Gonzalez is definitely out for the two games and I think Sites at four point seven million is definitely worth a look with two home games. Um, I've got Lampson on my bench behind Melia right now, so I don't really have uh, you know, I don't really have any reason to bring another keeper in, but Sites would be the guy if I did. Um, I think Lampson too, if you're bringing a keeper in just for this round then he could be a good one. Um, just like we said with them having another double game week next round. So only concern there is that I think Sean Johnson's back in training. I think he's been kind of dealing with some injuries here and there. I could totally see him step in for, uh, one of those four games. Um, as far as defenders I mentioned earlier, Jonathan Campbell's probably my top guy just cause he does free up so many, so much uh, cash in your lineup. And then, uh, Hober, ober Hobert, <laughs> you guys Axel. already said it. Yeah, Axel. <laughs> so those two guys right there, they're super cheap, and just, I mean, they just allow you to, to open up the, the bankroll elsewhere. So. Let's well, just keep us going,
1: Skyler, and uh, go for your midfielder picks.
5: Midfielder, if you don't already have them, uh, Valeri and Diaz, those are my top two. I um, feel like on a double game week that you're, you might – end up kind of in the same boat as anybody that didn't have Piotti this week. If you don't have them and they go off, um, they've got two bites of the apple. So those are two of the top midfielders in the league on a double game week. So those are my top two options.
3: And for me, I will add uh, Stash, Sasha, Kleshton, and um, Jermaine Jones.
0: Yep, I'm going to go Valeri and Jones for sure. Um, Probably not going to get Diaz um, just because I feel like being a hipster this week and I think that um, I want to be ahead of that curve when that trend finally dies. And (laughs) I still have Molino and McNamara. I don't know. I mean, they could be good bench fillers for this week. I may play a limited midfield and just really go heavy on the, the forwards.
2: I'll go with Diaz and Valeri, too. They're the best guys.
4: Yeah, I like, uh, obviously, Diaz and Valeri. Jones. I really like Molino at 8.1. He's been on a tear lately. Um, And then, uh, shoot, I had another one that I can't think of right now. Yeah, I'll
0: just go with those.
4: Excellent.
1: So, Guy, who do you like for forward?
0: Well, I'm going to get uh, Giovinco. Well, I have him. I'm going to get a um, Rudy. Uh, I'm going to drop via uh, for Rudy. And then uh, I'm going to run with Sapong this week and hope for the best.
4: Um, yeah, I'm just rolling with the same three that I have that I think are going to perform, which is a Rudy, Giovinco, and Adi. I think Sapong is a, a really good option, too, if you're looking at somebody else. But those are the three that I have.
5: I like all those picks. I like uh, for the double game week. I like Adi and Arudi the most. Um, I've got Drogba, Giovinko, and Via in my lineup, so it's gonna be really hard to let go of any of those three. Um, so I've definitely uh, got some decisions to make ahead of this round. Yeah. I do think, uh, real quick, I do think Kai could have a big, a big game too.
2: I'm in the same boat as Skyler. Uh, I have those same three forwards that he has, but my picks for this week are Sapong and Adi. I don't think I will have either of them, but if I was just starting from scratch, those would be the two guys that I would want. Got a lot of potential. Good producers, if you look at their point production. Hard to pass up those guys on a double game week, I got to be honest. Ooh, I want them so bad.
3: And I have the same three as Mr. Witzkovich, which would be Adi, Gio, and Rudy.
1: Excellent. So let's just round this out with uh, let's do must haves and captains, just combine it all together.
3: Okay. Uh, So must haves are this week Giovinco, Valeri, and Diaz. And I'm probably going to captain Valeri.
5: I am on board with all of those, Travis. I've got uh, Giovinco, Valerian, Diaz as my must-haves. Might um, go a little differential and go with Diaz this round as my captain.
4: Yeah, Diaz uh, is honestly – well, Diaz, Valeria Rudy, and Adi are the four must-haves for me uh, with Diaz as my captain with the double home game. Same philosophy as I had with, New, uh, with uh, Lee Wynn uh, during their double home game.
0: No, my only two must-haves would be um, Valeri and Javinko. And I think I'm going to flip a flip a coin and I'll either captain Valeri or Jermaine Jones.
2: Uh, for me, Valeri and Diaz are the only must-haves. Single game week guys are never a must-have on a double game week to me. And Diaz is the captain. If you're going to have one must-have, like one player, you're insane if you don't have Diaz. Very I'm nice really line. surprised
4: there's no Vancouver love like Bolanos or Paralis or even Kudo. I'm surprised no one has said anything about them. I like those nice. guys,
2: but they don't all start consistently, which makes it really tough for a double game week. I think they're all really good, though. like especially Bolanos, but he hasn't actually started consistently if you look at their lineups. so and they've yeah, been a little start.
0: stuff.
5: Yeah, and talking about some of the other names that we've thrown out there, like those guys are definitely on my radar, but it just there's so many other stronger options, I'd say.
4: Yeah, i would just bring it up as like, you know, as a differential. Like Bolano, 7, 7 I know he's played 77-77, and 77 I believe, was it 80 uh, oh, 90 minutes? But, I, I mean, for people looking outside the box, there's there's a lot of good options on on some other teams that we didn't discuss today.
5: Good point.
1: Well, that wraps up what we have for our questions and for our picks. So I hope that helps you guys moving forward with how to decide for <clears throat> this double game week that's coming up. Uh, and at this point, we're going to have to say goodbye to Mr. Guy Sanchez. So thank you so much, man, for joining us tonight and uh, sticking with it for answering all these questions getting some picks.
0: Thanks, guys. Kids got to go. I, I got to bounce. But uh, it's been uh, been good. Good seeing you, Skyler.
5: You too, Guy. We'll see you, Oh,
4: good, good seeing right. you too, Guy. Thanks, friend. See you later, buddy.
5: <laughs> Dude,
4: I love you. Whatever, man. I know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Hugs and kisses. Uh, hashtag adulting has caught up with Guy. But just in time for us to get on to our community time. So the top score from the r slash fantasy MLS League this round was Timec Rost, who is the manager of the Goonie team, and he had one hundred and seven points. So that is awesome. The highest score was one hundred and seventeen. So pretty darn close, man, for having that that high score. So congratulations. That's that's an awesome score. And now to a bit more somber news. Uh, the- the MLS Fantasy Insider hosts head to head league we uh, you know we'll start out with the the bright side so simon
2: uh i beat reed's friend steve 88 to 69 i'm sorry steve you got unlucky your score would have beaten most of the other people <laughs>
1: <laughs> but he was not our taco this round. Uh, that went to to Andrew, who had 55 points. Man, don't know what happened to him. I, I hope we hear from you on Twitter to see what kind of rough, rough game you had. Uh, but he was beaten by three points. Three points by Ivan the Terrible from Fantasy Football First, currently sitting at second place overall in our league. So rough times there. Um, Travis, I think you have the next game. I... Well, if you could call it that. I, uh, I
3: still lost. I lost to older goaler. I had 68 points, which would have beaten about half the group. Unfortunately, I didn't play that half of the group, so <laughs> I go down to three and six and am now ninth overall in our,
1: our group. It's rough. We have a pretty tough group, so yeah, I, I must say it is it is rough. Uh, Guy just left, but Slomo Sanchez lost by three points to Mike that Tiger. So congrats, Mike. You you did well in uh, in upholding your honor and, and beating Guy. Uh, we're gonna skip this next one and cover it last and finally my game. I lost to Ben Bear, MLS Fantasy Editor, Fantasy. Uh, head in head in chief, bear. Ben the research bear. Yes, the dancing research bear. We need to get a video of him dancing. That'd be fantastic. Um, ben had had a rough run of games. I finally had a pretty decent game, and uh, I lost. I did not. I Ben just hit it out of the park, and and he beat me by by eight points. So congrats, man. You you got me on that one. But I'm I'm moving up the right way now. So so watch out. If I play you again, I'm coming. I'm coming for you. Uh, but finally, the the game of our head-to-head match this past round was Jason versus Fantasy Football Twenty Four Seven. The gauntlet was thrown. It was it was set up, and Jason, how did it turn out?
4: It was a monumental letdown. Um, cheers to the boys uh, across the pond. Well, technically, I guess he lives in North Carolina. Mido, who is their... The guy uh, that does their team. But that's neither here nor there. Yeah, it was a good a good match. Um, Piotti was honestly the difference with the 18 points. I dropped him. Uh, they kept him. And the score was 70-58. to 58. Uh, So 12-point loss there. Uh, but, you know, it's all right. I'm in the middle of the pack. Next game, I'm coming for you again. And there's going to be even more ish talking. More... G- Gifts, gifs, however the hell you say it. I know Gif is a peanut butter, but it's the same gifs. damn thing.
5: Oh, um,
4: <laughs> but I'm coming for you, I'm talking. Team America. Mic drop. <laughs> very,
1: very, nice. It's, it's kind of like they've got a Euro pass that's taking them straight to the top of our table. So it's we gotta, we gotta work on this, guys. Yeah, Euro, work on this. pass.
4: And, and the, they're, they're good guys nonetheless. And I love the banter. And if you guys don't follow them, go follow them at Fantasy Footy Footy 24-7, right? Fantasy Football 24-7. Fantasy Football Uh, 24-7. Yeah, great articles. Guy writes for them. Good guys, good stuff. Go follow them. Go talk trash to them.
1: It'll be fun. Next round, though, uh, Guy is actually going head-to-head against Fantasy Football 24-7, so perhaps he can hand them their second loss of the season and that would be amazing, I think. Uh, Jason and I are going head to head, so maybe we'll Dun we'll dun, on, dun. <laughs> We'll put on some kitty gloves and just make it a, a little a little hug and kiss festival. I don't know. Uh, Mike is taking on older goaler. Travis is going up against Andrew. That should be a good one. I, I like this. Our, our two stats oh, guys so. are, are good. Yeah, <laughs> <I like that. laughs> uh Ivan the Terrible is taking on Simon. So so buddy there's you gotta represent for us, man. Simon, keep it going. And then my friend Steve is going up against Ben Bear, so we will see how, how that goes. Finally, we're going to wrap everything up. Uh, do you guys have any plugs for your various projects? Nah, fam.
3: Uh, I've got a little bit of a break, so I'm, I'm good. <laughs> I'm too busy <laughs> working on my house anyway. <laughs>
5: Yeah, I just put an article up for rotowire.com focusing on the double game week. So I'll try to um, I'll try to get that up on the Reddit forum. Post a link up there if anybody wants to check that out. Very can nice. I, Go can ahead. I give
3: a shout-out for my birthday? You sure can. All right. Happy it's birthday. My
4: birthday. Well, when was your birthday? When? Today. My birthday was yesterday. We're, we're oh, best friends. Nice. Nice. Happy birthday. Well, a very
1: birthday. merry and birthday to you and Mr. a happy birthday President, to Travis. Oh, my goodness. Happy
4: birthday to you. I'll be sending you some happy birthday
3: gifts.
1: Oh, my gosh. It's crazy. It's out of control. Well, of course, I'm going to plug everything in general. Please check out the MLS Fantasy experts that are going to be having some some overtime putting in to get these articles cranked out over the next several weeks with all of these Wednesday games that we have starting. And that goes double for all the guys who ride over at MLS Fantasy Boss who are going to be doing their best to turn out some great stuff. Uh, so please be sure to check out both of those projects as well as the various things going on at r slash fantasy MLS. And as I mentioned before, at the top of the show, please take a moment to check out our Patreon webpage. Even if you don't decide to donate to us, we would appreciate you, at least considering it. I know that Simon and Jason will love you more if you do, but I will love you the same.
0: I
4: will we definitely will love you love more you if you more. give us money.
1: <laughs> you crazy guys. Uh, what about you, Skylar? Anything else besides your wire?
5: No, that's it, guys. It's been fun. Thanks again for having me on. Always fun to uh, chat with some of the best minds in the business. And uh, Simon, man, keep it up. That's pretty stellar up there at fourth overall. Oh, it's uh, lucky, little, man. A little jealous over here.
2: It's lucky. We'll see how long it lasts.
1: <laughs> it come crashing down, and then your Twitter will get flooded again. So that's how that always yeah, I, works. Yeah, I
2: don't need that. i got to do better so that my Twitter doesn't get flooded.
1: All right. Well, if you want to flood Simon's Twitter, he likes pictures of cats, so please send him those, especially if they're wearing Portland jerseys. And no. thank you so much uh... for listening to our podcast tonight, and good luck with round 10.